0: Hey y'all, it's me, the tax lien strategist. So as promised, we're going to start our series on air property and we're going to travel a little bit with this series. We're going to understand how we got to this point with air property being um, uh, such a topic and uh, something that people now are spending their money on, their hard-earned money on, to go out and to, um, you know, bring lawsuits and that type of thing against people years and years later who were granted property that belonged to Black people from the beginning, only simply because they were Black up until now. So it's a lot to unpack. I'm going to start off with this particular um, this particular uh, segment is I'm gonna try to go um, now understand that um, our history is so fragmented black history is so fragmented and all over the place that you can will never be able to get a historical real historical account and um, Of it, so you have to get to one place and pivot from there, okay. So, in for to to do this topic, one of the first questions that we ask ourselves in our meeting, my team and I, is we had to kind of realize what was the first case of a black man uh suing um someone. For his stolen land. So the first recorded case of a black man successfully suing for his stolen land in the U.S. We found that it really wasn't pinpointed due to the fragmented and localized nature of early American legal records. However, there's one notable early case involving land rights and African-Americans. And that is John Mercer Langston. He's an African-American lawyer and abolitionist who was involved in numerous legal battles for the rights of freedom, freedmen, including property disputes, real estate disputes during the 19th century. Now, another significant case, and it's not the first, let me be careful to say that it's not the first, involves land and property rights, is related to Dred Scott. Dred Scott was an enslaved African American who sued for his freedom and that of his family in the Dred Scott versus Sanford case. It was in 1857. So while this case centered on freedom and citizenship rights rather than directly on land ownership, it it highlighted the legal challenges faced by African Americans in asserting their rights, including property rights, during that period. So for cases specifically regarding suing over stolen land, detailed records from the 17th, 18th, and early 19th centuries, they're pretty scarce. And many early legal disputes Involving African Americans in land ownership were not well documented and did not lead to significant legal precedents until later in American history. Now, think about this. If a person who is the recorder of records does not agree that the person standing before them is worthy of being respected as a human. It didn't take much to realize that those documents would not be recorded. Okay. The legal ability for African Americans to own land and to seek legal recourse for disputes over land ownership significantly involved post-Civil War, after the Civil War, especially during Reconstruction, when African Americans began to acquire land and could more feasibly engage in legal actions to protect their property rights. The specifics of the, let's say, quote unquote, first case would depend on the definition of land and then stolen land. And the available legal records from colonial times and early American history, which may not provide a clear or straightforward answer. So, the complexities of early American law, racial discrimination, and the documentation of legal proceedings make it difficult to identify a singular. First case of this nature, okay? Because I did research. We've been doing research on the first cases. We've been trying to go far back as we could, so that when people um, check this information, that w- we know that we're gonna always, we're gonna all end up at pretty much at the same place. So. Then I went to, then we, we I looked at our our records. I looked at our writings and we looked at what's the first documented case of a black man owning real estate, okay? We're not talking about cases of him owning it, documented, okay? So the first documented case of African Americans owning real estate and what would become the United States date back to the colonial period. One of the earliest known African-American property owners was Anthony Johnson, who was originally brought to Virginia Colony as an indentured servant in 1621. That's what they called him then, indentured servants. Johnson eventually gained his freedom and acquired some land. By 1651, he owned 250 acres of land in Virginia. And he became one of the first black property owners on record in colonial America. Okay, now his case is is particularly notable because he was able to secure land and establish himself as a successful farmer and landowner, despite the increasingly restrictive laws regarding race and slavery that were being enacted in Virginia and other colonies during his lifetime. Johnson's story is significant not only for his personal success, but also for the legal battles faced by his family. To what? To retain ownership. Here we go. Of their land. Their land after his death. His life and the subsequent legal legal disputes over his estate offer insight into the early complexities of race, freedom, and property rights in colonial America. Okay? Now, we did some research on some of the legal disputes over his estate because we're trying to keep this in order. So we found that the legal disputes over the estate of Anthony Johnson, which again, one of the first African-American property owners in colonial America, arose after his death in 1670. Now we're in 2024. Still, Still gonna be able to see the comparisons here. These disputes highlighted the precarious nature of property ownership for African Americans during the colonial period I'm um, here we listed a few key points regarding the legal legal battles that they had over his estate first they had land ownership challenges so after his death his estate including his land was contested despite Johnson's successful, acquisition of land and his status as a free black man, the legal description and societal norms of the time did not favor black property owners. So because society did not favor black property owners, all the things that happened subsequent to his death. That was the reason why. Simple. Because society did not favor black people owning property, whether they could afford it or not. So the legal challenges to Johnson's estate can be seen as early instances of race based legal precedents that would increasingly disenfranchised African-Americans. After his death, a court ruled that because he was a Negro and not an Englishman, his land could be seized by the government. And I suppose this is just as ridiculous as some of these Republican lawmakers we have of today. I mean, this, you know, if it, if it wasn't tr- if it wasn't, you know, it's laughable but it's also true. So, folk been not making sense. Folk been acting as if they have um, mental problems. But, I'm going to say it again. Because he was a Negro and not an Englishman. His land could be seized by the government. Now, this ain't what I thought. This ain't what I made up. Y'all can check this. Y'all can go, go, go and check all this out. This decision was a stark demonstration of how racial distinctions were becoming codified in law. Remember, we talked about black codes, particularly in relation to property rights. The most significant dispute over his estate involved the seizure of his land by the colony. After his death, a local court declared the land as cheatable to the crown arguing that as a black man, Johnson was not a citizen of the colony, although he had paid taxes like every other citizen and uh, more than a lot because he owned a lot of land and thus could not legally own land. This land was then granted to a white colonist, effectively dispossessing Johnson's heirs of their inheritance and that's what I meant this morning by the other about the uh, by the um, segment before. Now, if you look at title of Black people today, and you go all the way backwards, you will see a break in the chain. Well, you won't even see the beginning with the beginning deeds, but you will see a break in that chain. And the chain is going to be broken by a, a judge's order. Back then it was a magistrate. By a judge's order or whatever the government does or uses to call SG to the state and in domain and all that kind of shit like that. You're going to see that. When you see that, then you know that that land was stolen. And I suggest each and every one of you sue. I'm trying to get lawyers right now who understand this and what I'm doing. And if no more than the fact that they can uh, file suits for people and bring attention to this thing, so people can stop lying, saying that black people don't want this and don't want that and don't appreciate land and and people can sit someplace in their high offices and be billionaires and trillionaires. And look at a deed and see that it's air property, and because air property doesn't have a distinction as to actually who owns it, where there have multiple owners, and find one sorry-ass family member who's willing to sign and be and and be a traitor to their families and be and 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 and, 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 and sign this paperwork of these developers and cause all these rifts in these families. That day is coming. I, the more I talk about this, the more attorneys give us a call. I met three today. Uh, they had heard about this podcast. We're going to be meeting with the next couple of weeks. I don't even have time right now to meet with them. I, it's So much work has to be done. But anyway, the disputes over Johnson's land had a lasting impact on his family. His descendants struggled to maintain possession of the land. He had worked so hard to acquire. The legal system's failure to recognize his family's rights as legitimate heirs reflected the broader challenges faced by African Americans in asserting and protecting their property rights during this period. Those disputes over Anthony Johnson's estate illustrate the early intersection of race, law, and property rights in America. They foreshadow the legal and social battles that African Americans would continue to face up to this day in their efforts to secure and retain property and other rights. (sighs) I will talk to y'all on the next segment. Probably will have that one uploaded tomorrow.